pastor and my privilege to preach this morning. Uh, two days ago was Veterans Day. If you served in the armed forces, we thank you so much for your service. And I hope Friday was an awesome day for you. Thank you so much for your service and your sacrifice to our nation. We so appreciate you. God bless you for that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for that. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm 136. Psalm 136. If you do not have a Bible, that's okay. After the service, if you do not have a Bible, we'll gladly gift you one. Just see me after the service, and I'll be happy to give you a brand new Bible all for you. Uh, The words will be on the screen as we uh, move along, so you can follow along there. I'm at Psalm 136, the first three verses. This is what the Bible says. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. Title of my message, if you couldn't get it from that, is Give Thanks to the Lord. And if you'd like to track along with the message this morning, you can listen for these six things. My favorite holiday, the first temple, the second temple, a heavenly temple, you are the temple, and some homework. So as you can see from the stage today, uh, today is the day we dedicate our Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes to the Lord. I hope you noticed the front. I hope you noticed this display. This is who we worship today, Jesus. And we're thankful to be able to partner as a church to reach the world for Jesus Christ, even in this way. We have missionaries around the world We're so thankful to be able to partner with Samaritan's Purse and reach children around the world with the gospel and a gift. Thank you, uh, all of you. Thank you so much for uh, filling a box. Just so appreciate you. We'll have a final number next week. Joe, thanks for the update, 386. I didn't even know that. Of course, our goal is 400, and you've heard me say my goal is 500. So we have 114 boxes to go to reach my goal. If I reach my goal, my wife owes me a back rub. Come on, church. Come on. If we don't reach 500, I have to rub her feet. Come on. Help me here. (laughs) Uh, uh, 400 is the official goal, and it looks like we're going to make it. Praise God. Uh, And I'm excited about... uh, Uh, the potential, uh, and all that God can do just through a little box and what we place in them. 
So let's bow our heads together. We'll dedicate our service to the Lord and dedicate these boxes to him as well. Just looking forward to how he's going to use them for his work in the lives of young people. Let's pray. Lord, it's good to be together. It is good to come into your house and to see one another, to build one another up, to uh, worship, to lift our voices in song, to, to hear the word preached. And it's good to partner in the ministry. And that's what we have done here, as we have these boxes displayed before us. Lord, you know what they contain, gifts, things that may bring a smile to a child. I pray that that will happen. May they get much joy from the gifts that they receive inside of these boxes. But Lord, even more, uh, these boxes represent, each one of them represents an opportunity to reach a child for Jesus Christ. So as they go with gifts, they'll also go with the gospel, and I pray now. Uh, you, you know even now where each one of these boxes, what hands these boxes will reach, what child will open these few boxes. God bless each one of those children. And the millions around the world who will receive a box. And I pray that uh, children will be drawn to Jesus Christ through the message of the gospel. May they know that Jesus loves them, that he came to die for them. And may they give their lives to Christ. Lord, I know many of these boxes are going to go to uh, children living in difficult areas, war-torn areas, Ukraine, and other places. They'll be going to poor areas, starving areas. I pray for protection for those children. And I pray for the workers who will be delivering these shoeboxes to them. Thank you so much for everyone who worked so hard uh, to make Operation Christmas Child Here a success. Thank you for every person who is Drawn to, to fill a box. Bless each one of them. And bless our morning. Lord, we commit this service to you. Again, thank you for your word. Please, Lord, I pray that there'll be no distractions. Keep us centered. Keep us focused on your word and what you have to hear. Uh, have for us to hear. Speak this morning, dear God. Please speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I...
love Easter. I love the meaning of Easter. The empty tomb moves me. I love the memories I have of Easter. When I was a kid, we had three types of clothes. Maybe you can relate to this. Three types of clothes. We had play clothes, we had school clothes, and we had Sunday clothes. And then there was one set of additional clothes. They were the Easter clothes. Every year, we got a new Easter outfit. And that Easter outfit turned into Sunday clothes after Easter. This resonate with anybody? That was my upbringing. That was me. When our children were young, Blair and I would buy Lindsay a new dress. We'd buy Andrew a new outfit. They were worn at Easter. And then later we'd go to Nina and Pop Pop's house. That's my mom and dad. We'd go to their house uh, for a big Easter egg hunt, big dinner. Much of the day was spent in celebration of Easter and of Jesus' resurrection at my parents' home. I like Christmas. I love the meaning of Christmas. I love Christmas movies. I love Christmas hymns. I love Operation Christmas Child. I don't like the distractions of Christmas. Maybe that's just me. I don't like that Christmas seems over so quickly. There's this big buildup that lasts for two months and sometimes longer. And then Christmas morning is over so quickly and it feels like it's done. Big buildup and it's over. But I love, love, love Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the year. It's all about faith. It's all about God's goodness. It's all about family, all about friends, all about food. In my house, Thanksgiving lasts all day. It starts with a Thanksgiving breakfast. Thanksgiving dinner happens just after noon in my house. We eat early, and we eat all day. That noontime meal lasts all day. In the evening, we have friends over. We have dessert. There are no distractions. There's no stress. It's just an awesome, awesome day, all day. And by far, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. The Bible says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Today begins a two-part Thanksgiving message using the words from Psalm 136.1 as our theme. I'm covering this morning, Give Thanks to the Lord. Matthew next week will cover, For he is good for his mercy endures forever. This is more of a topical message for me this week. I love an expository message. This is going to be a little different 
for me. Give thanks to the Lord. That word thanks in the Hebrew is the word yada. It looks like this on the screen coming up. There it is right there. Looks like that. Yada. It's a word that's related to praise or worship. And it literally means to hold out or to extend the hand. Again, the word thanks is closely related to the word praise. When we sing together on Sunday morning, you may see some who raise their hands as they sing. It's an outward display of thanks, of praise to God. If I thank you for your kindness, I'm extending my hand to you in humility and saying, you have filled my empty hand. You have blessed me. Thank you. And you deserve my blessing. You deserve my praise. That's what we do when we raise our hand to the Lord as we sing. You have filled my hand. So what I want to do this morning is unpack uh, the words, give thanks to the Lord out of three uh, passages in the Bible where thanksgiving takes place. In all three of these passages, the temple of God plays a role. The first is found in the book of 2 Chronicles. So if you would like to turn there in your Bible, 2 Chronicles chapter 5 is where I'll be. Again, the words will be on the screen. Second Chronicles chapter 5, starting at verse 11. Second Chronicles 5 and verse 11. And I'll read through verse 14. This is what the Bible says. And it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. And the Levites who were the singers, all those of Asaph and Heman and Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments and harps, and with them 120 priests, sounding with trumpets, Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. That the house, the house of the Lord was Filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Second Samuel chapter 7. Back in Second Samuel chapter 7, David expressed his desire to build a house, a temple for the Lord. But although David's desire was honorable, God said no. God wanted peace in the land first. David was a king of war. 
He was a king of bloodshed. But what God did in 2 Samuel 7 was this. He made a covenant with David. He promised that David's son would be king after him. And his son would be king after him. And so on until the coming of the Messiah who would reign forever. Who would establish an everlasting kingdom. And when God made that covenant with David, he also said this, that it would be David's son who would build a house for the Lord. Forty years later, if my math is right, we arrive in 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Forty years after David broached the subject of building a temple for the Lord, David's son Solomon is king, and Solomon is completed overseeing construction of the temple. That's what we just read here in 2 Chronicles. Now comes the dedication of the temple. Chapter 5 to chapter 7 of 2 Chronicles covers the dedication of the temple to the Lord. The Ark of the Covenant has just been placed in the temple. The only contents of the Ark, according to verse 10, in chapter 5 are the two stone tablets that contain the writing of the Ten Commandments on them. Here's how important this day is. Don't miss these words in verse 11. Here's how important this day is. And it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place. For all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. The priesthood was separated into 24 divisions. These divisions would then rotate their priestly duties throughout the calendar year. But here is different. There's something different about today. The dedication of the temple is a big deal. So the requirements of keeping to their divisions was thrown out the window for this day. Verse 12 there was a pretty, it says there was a pretty impressive worship team there. 120 trumpet players. Many others playing cymbals and strings. Even more making up a choir. That may have sounded something like this. steadfast love endures forever verse 13 says they all came together as one to praise and thank god extending hands and what words did they use as they sang the words of psalm 136 for he is good for his mercy that is god's steadfast love endures forever 
And with that, a cloud fills the temple. That cloud represents the presence and the approval of the Lord. God is pleased here. All of that took place in 959 B.C. 373 years later, in 586 B.C., the Babylonians destroyed that temple and took the Jews captive. You may remember some of this from our sprint through the Minor Prophets last summer. The Jews were removed from their homeland. They were exiled to Babylon. And in 539 B.C., the Persians defeated the Babylonians and began releasing the Jews back to their homeland, where they began construction of the second temple. And when the foundation was laid for the second temple, the people came together to celebrate, to share in thanksgiving to God. And that's found in Ezra chapter 3. Ezra chapter 3, and I start reading in verse 10. I'll read through verse 13. Ezra chapter 3 and verse 10. This is what the Bible says. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel, and they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever toward Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of the fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice, when the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes. Yet many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the sound was heard afar off. Construction of the temple has begun. It's not close to being completed just yet. There's another... 515 B.C. is when it's completed because there's a stoppage of work between 536 and 520. But there is progress here. The foundation has been laid and a celebration is in order. Thanksgiving is in order. And like at the dedication of Solomon's temple, there are trumpets, there are cymbals, there's singing, and once again, the people gather together to praise the Lord and give thanks to him. And their praise and their thanks are expressed again in song, again using the words of Psalm 136, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever, with the added words toward Israel. There's a phrase in verse 11 that I don't want you to miss. And they sang responsively. Apparently, the priest would sing the words, for he is good. 
followed by the people responding with the words, for his mercy endures forever toward Israel. They did this as an expression of praise and thanks, extending the hand to God. This is followed by a great shout. Think about being in a stadium when your favorite football team scores a touchdown. Think about the roar that happens. That's what happens here as the temple is being rebuilt. There's a shout, a great shout. But the Bible says there were some who were weeping. There were some there who were older. There were some there who remembered 50 years before when the first temple, Solomon's temple, was destroyed. And they remember the splendor of that temple. It was incredible. They remember how large, how beautiful, how decorated. And here they see a smaller, more humble replica. Not exactly the same. It would never compare to the first. Oh, there, there, there could be uh, some uh, weeping who would say, the temple is coming back. There's joy because they remember the temple before and now it's coming back. But more so, commentators all say it was the remembrance of what that temple was and what it stood for. Yeah, it's coming back, but it'll never be what it once was. And that weeping and that shouting could be heard from far away, the Bible says. So our next passage is found in the book of Revelation. You would turn to the book of Revelation if you'd like. Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11. And I'm starting at verse 15 here. And reading through verse 19, the end of the chapter. The Bible says this. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come. And the time of the dead, that they should be judged. And that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints. And those who fear your name, small and great. And should destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven. And the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. And there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, an earthquake, and great hail. So here we have a scene in heaven. This is the last of the judgments of the seven trumpets. The seventh trumpet is sounded, which prepares the way for the coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus Christ. 
Up until this point, the Bible says Satan is the prince of this world. One commentator says verse, uh, verse 15 contains one of the grandest statements about Jesus in all of the Bible. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. Once that seventh trumpet sounds, no longer does Satan have any authority in the world. Amen. Praise God. Now Jesus is fully presented as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who will reign for all eternity. And the 24 elders then fall on their faces in worship and they thank God. They extend their hand for the reign of Jesus and for the judgments to come. And all of that is followed by a peek into the temple in heaven. You notice something? In the previous passages involving the temple, that's 2 Chronicles 5 and Ezra 3, it was the temple that prompted the celebration and the praise and the thanks. But here in Revelation 11, it's the celebration and the praise and the thanks that appear to prompt a peek into the temple and into the access we now have and will have forevermore into the Holy of Holies. That's what this is all about. Extended hands, we give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty. Three celebrations, three praise services, three thanksgivings surrounding three temples. What's the application? What's all this have to do with us today, with a thanksgiving service today give thanks to the lord on the three occasions we just read the temple of god was a place where giving thanks extending a hand praising the lord happened now listen to what the bible says do you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Hear me, dear church. Hear me. I understand the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. I know the context the Apostle Paul is speaking about honoring God with your body sexually. That's what he's talking about here. But would you allow me some liberty this morning? Just a little bit of liberty. And remind you that you are the temple of God. You, Christian, are the temple of of God. You have access to God because he resides in you. He resides 
in you. There is your access. How can that not motivate us to give thanks every day? Every day. Listen again to what the Bible says. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God, giving thanks. That word giving is better translated confessing. Offer praise and confess your thanks to God. How often? Continually. Continually, the Bible says. So I have a question. Are we doing this? Are we, as the temple of God, confessing our thanks continually to God? By the way, we're not called to give thanks to God for all things. We're called to give thanks to God in all things. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The will of God for you is to give thanks in all circumstances. Not for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. No one expects you to be thankful for cancer. Or to be thankful for the death of a loved one. Or to be thankful for hard times. But we can always be thankful for God's goodness. For his steadfast love, even in the midst of cancer. In the midst of the death of a loved one. In the grieving process. In the midst of difficult times. This is not something we do often. But I want to thank God this morning in the same way the Israelites thanked him in Ezra chapter 3. If you remember, they sang responsively. I'm not going to ask you to sing. But I do want to do a responsive reading through Psalm 136. Psalm 136. The words will be on the screen. I invite you to join me. I will read the call. You will read the response. Your line is easy. For his mercy endures forever. That is your line. If you are able, would you please stand with me? If you are able, if not, please remain seated. Psalm 136. Again, I'll read the call. You read the response. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him who alone does great wonders. To him who by wisdom made the heavens. 
to him who laid out the earth above the waters. To him who made great lights. The sun to rule by day. The moon and stars to rule by night. To him who struck Egypt in their firstborn and brought out Israel from among them with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm. To him who divided the Red Sea in two and made Israel pass through the midst of it. but overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the wilderness. To him who struck down great kings and slew famous kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites. And Og, king of Bashan and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to Israel, his servant, who remembered us in our lowly state and rescued us from our enemies, who gives food to all flesh. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven for his mercy endures forever. You may be seated. Thank you so much. And praise the Lord. Here's some homework for you. Some homework. Should be easy between now and Thanksgiving Day. Between now and Thanksgiving Day, write your own Psalm 136. Write your own. At least five lines, please. Doesn't have to be 26. Surely all of us can write more than five because of God's mercy and his grace. After each line, I want you to include, for his mercy or his love endures forever. After each line. And then do this for me. Share it with someone. doesn't have to be me. doesn't have to be with Matthew. doesn't have to be someone here at the church. But share it with someone. That's between now and Thanksgiving. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, that exercise, a responsive reading, um, can become rote if we're not thinking of what we're saying. But it's true that your mercy, your steadfast love endures forever and we praise you for that Lord and we thank you we thank you for this season 
We thank you for your grace. We thank you for Grace Church. Thank you for the family of believers here. Bless them, dear God. May this be a special season of giving thanks for your goodness and your grace and your love and your mercy, for the blessings we receive daily. Oh, bring them all to mind, dear God, as we write our own Psalm 136. Bless our remaining few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand together.